Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. I would like to direct your attention to Matthew chapter number 7. Matthew 7 verse 13. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. And tonight's lesson is titled, entitled, The Destination Determines the Protocol. The Destination determines the protocol. Now the word protocol, it means uh, behavior, actions, set of rules, conduct, or a pattern. Amen. And there's uh, protocol in all parts of our lives. And anything we do, we have protocols in, uh, in doing certain things, certain jobs, uh, and all kinds of things that we're, we're used to that. So where you want to go determines what you have to do to get there. For instance, when, you know, uh, I was looking up like, uh, you know, when I dream about vacations and stuff, I was looking up, uh, you know, um, flights and stuff like that and looking up the websites of certain airlines. And uh, it tells you right there, it says your destination under this COVID situation, your destination will dictate your protocols as far as what you are required to do before you get on the plane or when you get off the plane at your destination. You know, sometimes it's required to have uh, tests or vaccines or uh, quarantines and such like that, or depending on where you go. And so your destination determines what you have to do in order to get to your destination. You know, when you travel to cold climates, you know, you don't bring, you know, flip-flops and shorts and you know tank tops and you know sunscreen and and, and sunglasses and, and all that kind of stuff you know you uh you know when you go to cold climate in the winter time you bring warm clothes and you bring bring shoes you can walk in snow and ice and, and you bring mittens and and uh and all kinds of stuff you bring you know layers and so forth and the opposite is true if you go to hawaii then, you know, it's a lot lighter stuff and uh, you're having a great time and don't forget the sunscreen, especially people that are fo- uh, hair follically challenged like me. Amen. So, you know, and, and, you know, we just had the Summer Olympics, right? And one of the ultimate destinations for people in sports and certain disciplines. And uh, so they can go and compare their skills to other people in the same discipline or in the rest of the world. You know, and so this destination of the Olympics every four years, it is requires a specific protocol uh, on the uh, behalf of the athletes of countless hours of exercise and training and special diet and and competition, you know, with others on the way up so that they, you know, to qualify, to be able to even qualify to go to the Olympics. Only a certain few qualify from each country. Amen. And out of all those that qualify, only the top three will be recognized with a medal. Amen. 
You know, some people, they're so into uh, whatever I've heard of people, even in line at the bank, you know, running in place, doing push-ups, you know, and people are thinking, what is going on with this? And they're totally into the protocol because I got to make it to my destination. And so my life, people are going to know, not just when I'm at the gym or not just when I'm at the, the field or, or wherever I'm at, you know, they're going to know that it's, it's going to be so much a part of me that people will see my protocol because they are going to know what, what destination that is that I'm looking for. Amen. Now, our text verse speaks of two different ways we can go in this life. One is the wide and the broad way, and the other is the straight, like a straight of Magellan, and the narrow way. And the wide and broad way, it really requires no protocol at all, for, for, you know, to be honest with you. It's a free-for-all. It's a do-what-you-want. It's a do-what-you-feel. And there's really no rules governing this way. In the wide and the broad way, every person does what's right in their own eyes. But on the other hand, the straight and narrow way has a very specific set of protocols. And it's very defined, given to us by God and His Word. And it leads to a beautiful life that we will live forever and ever with the Lord in heaven. Amen. So the Bible makes a big deal about the final destination for all those who believe in, who trust in, and who love and wholeheartedly follow Jesus. Jesus said in John 14, I go to prepare a place for you because in my Father's house are many mansions. Amen. So we are on our way to a specific place that Jesus prepared for us. Amen. It's the ultimate place, the ultimate final de destination of every believer, and that place is heaven. Amen. 1 Corinthians 2.9, Paul said, As it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered in the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. So more than any other destination that we can go to on this earth, amen, or anywhere, this special destination, amen, determines our protocol in life. Now, the very first protocol of, of this destination of making heaven our eternal home is to enter into the kingdom of God on earth. And the kingdom of God on earth is not a place. You'll not, you won't find it on a map. It's not even a religious organization. It's an experience. Amen. And that's the beautiful thing. Praise God. Jesus said, Luke 17, 20, he said, now when, the Bible says, now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. It's an experience. It's the Holy Ghost inside of our lives. It is Christ in us, the hope of glory. Paul said in Romans 14, 17, where the kingdom of God uh, is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So it's an experience and it's inside of us. And every single person that has the kingdom of God inside of them, when we gather together, we are the church. This building's not the church. It's just a building we call the church house. But we, if we gather together, all of us with God, God inside of us, we could be 
in the park. We can be at the beach. We can be in someone's backyard, and that's the church. Amen. That's where the kingdom of God is. And Jesus let us know what we must do to enter into the kingdom of God. John 3, 5, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So to be born again is the same thing as being saved. And Apostle Paul let us know in 1 Corinthians 15, he said, to be saved, we got to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. How do we do that? How do we obey the gospel? Amen, which is the same thing as being born again. Uh, you know, Peter told us uh, through the Spirit of God in Acts 2.38, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That is obeying the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is being born again. That is the first step, amen, of the protocol of getting to that final destination. And once we have obeyed the gospel, once we've been born again, then we begin to walk with God every day. Amen. And we allow that spirit, to, that experience inside of us to lead us and guide us into all truth. We grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Receiving the sincere milk of the word and growing in the Lord. Amen. Because his word is absolute truth. And so we are to search it and we are to study it. Amen. That, so we can find out what he expects of us. This is the protocol. The Bible is our protocol. Amen. As his children, we got to understand what is expected of us and do our best to keep his commandments and do those things which are pleasing in his sight. Amen. Did you know that there are a total of 1,663 commandments in the Bible? Like, whoo, amen. Because, you know, we think about 10 commandments. Yeah, there's 10 in the Old Testament, you know, the original 10. But did you know in the Old Testament, really there's 613 in the Old Testament, including those 10, praise God, and 1,050 in the New Testament. And some people say, well, I like the New Testament because there's not as many commandments as the Old. Oh, no, there's almost double. Because Jesus had, he gave us some new ones. Amen. On top of, and he confirmed and reiterated a lot of the old ones. Amen. But you know what? Instead of worrying about 1,663 commandments, I like what Jesus said. He summarized all of the law and the prophets into two major commandments and summarized all in them. And so that he said, if you'll focus on these two, these are the two main protocols. If you'll focus on those and wholeheartedly try to obey those, you will, amen, everything will fall into place with these other ones. And so he said the two greatest commandments, number one is to love God with all your heart, mind, strength, and soul. And the second one is like unto that, love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments, he said, hang all of the law and the prophets. Another important protocol is prayer. Prayer is so important. Amen. It's a wonderful thing God has given us. It gives us peace. It gives us hope. It gives us something to look forward to. It helps us. He said, cast all your care on me for he, for, uh, for uh, uh, me, for I care for you. And, and Peter, amen. And so prayer, it helps us uh, take the heavy load because we put it on God's big shoulders. So we are to pray often. 
We are to pray fervently and pray for anything and pray for everything. Because the Bible said you, you're not going to get anything that you don't pray for. You have not because you ask not. Pray. Asking you shall receive. Seeking you shall find. Knocking it shall be open. Amen. So he said pray for anything and everything and pray in the spirit and keep yourself in the love of God. He said that's what Jude told us. Praying in the Holy Ghost and keep yourself in the love of God. Amen. Prayer helps us keep ourselves in God's love no matter what. And we are, another part of the protocol is to seek first God's kingdom. And like we talked about the other day, that he's our first love. Amen. And his righteousness. And one of the main ways that we accomplish this is by purposefully seeking to do good works which are motivated by God's love working in our hearts. Amen. Christians, believers in God, one of the one of the things that makes us stand out. But besides, you know, uh, you know, reading our Bible and following the Word and being people of prayer, uh, Amen. And uh, one of the things is good works. He he said, you know, when you look at the entire ministry of Jesus, you can sum it up in two words: good works. He did good works, Amen. Everything he did was good. Acts ten thirty eight. The Bible said how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Amen. That was Jesus' mission to do good works. Amen. And to heal and to be a, a, a blessing to people and to speak to people and encourage them and talk to them about God and talk to them about the word and talk to them about the kingdom of God. And so the Bible encourage us to be like Jesus and to follow the example that he left us. Matthew 5, 16 said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. So really our light is our good works. Our witness is our good works. Amen. The Bible tells us that we should be going about and doing good works. You know, no, no matter how it's received, no matter how it's responded to, to do good works, you're going to stand out, especially in this world, especially where we live. You're going to stand out just with even the smallest good work, the smallest courtesy, the smallest even a smile, or even, you know, letting somebody ahead of you in line or helping somebody. Amen. I help all the short people at the stores, like I tell you. Amen. And I know it's a small good work, but it, it's good, you know. Can I get that can for you? Can I, you know, whatever. You're going to kill yourself with, with that, you know, and that's going to fall on you. Let me, let me get that for you. Oh, thank you so much, sir. Oh, yeah, it's fine. The Bible said in Ephesians 2.10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. We were created in Christ Jesus to do good work as part of our protocol. Amen. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. What's them? The good works. Amen. Like Jesus, he went about doing good. Amen. And he stood out in the crowd of all the miracles and things he did and the, and the people followed him. Amen. And if we will do good. Amen. We're going to stand out for the Lord and Jesus is going to shine through us and we're doing it because he asked us. Amen. He prepared us to do it and that we should walk in them. Amen. And Titus 2.14 said, who gave himself for us, that's talking about Jesus, that he might redeem us from all iniquity 
and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous for good works. Now, the word peculiar, it doesn't mean strange. Now, some people might think uh, that means strange. It doesn't. It means special and uh, a people that belong to him. So he purified unto himself a special people, a people that belong to him that would be zealous for good works. What does that mean? Amen. To earnestly desire, to be enthusiastic, to be fervent, to be passionate, and yes, Webster says, to be gung-ho. Gung, excuse me, gung-ho. Got to pronounce that right. Gung-ho. Amen. And so what it means is we're actually looking for good works as God's people. We're, we're looking to do something good. We're, we're actually pursuing something. We're, we're not just like, well, you know, if something happens and, you know, it just drops in my lap, I might, whatever. No, we're actually on the prowl to look around to help and be a, to be a person that can be a blessing to somebody. We're zealous for good works. And you know what? It is amazing what good works and well-doing will do for people. Will do for your enemies. Will do for anybody. Amen. People respond to good works. People respond to kindness. You know what? People don't, uh, when, when you're doing good works and all that stuff, people aren't, they don't know what your, maybe your political leanings are. They don't know what you believe or you don't know this or that. You know what? They, all they know is that person's a nice person. That person, you know, helped me out. That person took their time to do something kind for me. They might not agree with you. They might not see eye to eye with you on a lot of things. They might not even like you, but good works and well-doing goes a long way to bridge the gaps, bury the hatchets, and change people's minds and hearts. Amen. Look what Peter said about it in 1 Peter 2.12. Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak evil, speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. Think of that. That's powerful. And verse 15, he said, For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. By just doing good, it, it quiets things down. It takes the fight out of people. You know, they, they don't want to, they think, wow, this is nice. Look, at they're doing something nice for me, and I... And, and I don't deserve it uh, because maybe the way they were treating uh, you or whatever, it's amazing the power and we're to be zealous for good works. But, you know, God knew that when a people is out for good works and trying to be zealous for good works, that sometimes you could get weary in doing that because they're not maybe thankful. They're not reciprocated with any kind of uh, you know, appreciation sometimes or whatever. Uh, or, you know, what you just can kind of get weary in well-doing. Amen. But that's why the Bible said in Galatians 6, 9, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So that's why we're going to be zealous for good works. We're not doing it, amen, unto men, but we're doing it unto Jesus. And that's what keeps us going. We're doing it unto the Lord. And this is why it's vital that we always keep our destination of heaven and seeing Jesus someday at the forefront of our hearts and minds because it will not, it not only determines our protocol, but it also gives us hope, inspiration, amen, encouragement, resolve, and something wonderful to look forward to. 
I'm getting up every day, amen, and I'm looking for my destination, and nothing's going to keep me. I'm going to follow the protocol, praise God. And this will go a long way in helping us not get bogged down in the cares of this life or give in to the manifold temptations that might come our way. Amen. I, I appreciate what the writer of Hebrews said in chapter 12, verse 1. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. I'm looking unto him. I'm running the race the whole time looking unto him. And then Paul said in, in Philippians 3.13, Brethren, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in, in Christ Jesus. I, I, I'm not looking back. I'm looking forward. I'm not going to let anything stop me. Amen. And one person said this. They said, always remember your present situation is not your final destination. Because we go between now and heaven, there's sometimes roadblocks. There's sometimes things that come our way. There's unexpected situations or whatever. But just remember, your present situation is not your final destination. You just keep fighting the good fight of faith. You keep battling in the spirit, amen, and keep following his word, keep praying and expecting, amen, and keep doing good, amen, and those are the protocols that will keep you on the straight and the narrow and ready to go to life with him. And the best thing about our, in closing, the best thing about our final destination is that Jesus will be there. It's not just, you know, I'm not just going there for streets of gold, and, and gates of pearl, and walls of jasper, and, and all of those things, I'm, and, and a tree, you know, uh, the, the, the healing tree for the nations, and all that stuff that's mentioned in the end of the book of Revelation, I'm going there because Jesus is there. He's the one who died for me. He's the one who saved me. He's the one who blessed me. Amen. And, and he's the lamb. Amen. That's going to be the light of the city. And, and uh, the wonderful thing, it's going to be great. And that's what's going to make heaven so special. Amen. The destination determines the protocol. And our destination is heaven. Amen. And that's why I can't, you know, this world is not my home. I, I cannot feel at home in this world anymore. I'm just passing through. Like the Bible said, we're, we're strangers and pilgrims. And we're looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. That's the place he's prepared for us. Would you stand with me? What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast. And may God bless you.